Welcome to the Let's Talk Data podcast series presented by SAP. Welcome to our Let's Talk Data podcast series. Uh, we hope everyone listening in today is safe and doing well. This series is brought to you by SAP experts discussing current topics around data and data management. My name is Corey Bragg and I'll be your host for today's podcast, which is focused on what you can do to prepare your current data landscape and those data-driven processes in support of your future business transformation like the move to SAP S4HANA. So joining me today are Sheila McCarthy and Sue Waite from SAP along with Tyler Warden from Synity. These are all experienced data management and migration professionals. So Sheila, Sue, Tyler, thank you all for your time today. All right, so let's start off by discussing some of the potential problems that can and do occur. So this question, um, I'll, I'll put it over to you, Sheila. What are some of the typical challenges encountered as organizations move to S4HANA? Thanks, Corey. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There are some challenges that can be addressed as organizations uh, move to S4HANA. And this uh, moving to S4HANA really gives a customer a unique opportunity to think about the ways that they have to improve their data, their content, and their processes on that journey to S4HANA. So, for example, customers can have many applications that need to be migrated to S4HANA. Some are SAP and maybe multiple instances of SAP. And some may be even older legacy systems. And they would all have a diverse set of master data domains. So, for example, we have a customer, it's a large insurance company, and they had over 25 different legacy systems to be migrated. And I've also worked with customers that have even more than that, over 100 legacy systems that are both SAP and non-SAP. And it can be a challenge to connect to all those disparate systems and bring them over and bring the data over to S4HANA. Another challenge is the large amount of data that customers have. Not all of it needs to be moved to HANA. So think about when you're moving. It's a great time to sort through your belongings and keep only what you need and what you want. It's a perfect time to purge yourself of unneeded items. Well, the same goes for your data and your content. You don't need to keep 20-year-old data on a customer that no longer serves a valid business purpose. And then what is the quality of your data in each of these legacy systems going into S4HANA? Can you trust your data? Does your data actually match the metadata label? For example, is an email field populated and is it correct? What about when you bring data together from dis disparate sources? Will you introduce duplication of customers or vendors into your data? You absolutely want the best possible data to create more efficient, more performant, and a more productive environment for S4HANA. And if you do, your information can really become a key strategic asset. All right, great stuff, uh, Sheila, thank you. Tyler, anything to add in terms of specific challenges that can occur uh, relative to the project management of a planned migration or move? Yeah, thanks. Um, I think one of the most unique aspects of any data migration, especially one to S4, is the diverse group of stakeholders that are typically involved and this diverse group of stakeholders doesn't typically all get together for a data project. So you have business owners, you have traditional data owners, you have line of business uh, people, you have integrators, you have all sorts of folks. And so I would challenge the listeners to view that as an opportunity, right? While it can be a challenge to manage those stakeholders, it's really an opportunity to show the value and power of data I'm sure every one of those stakeholders reads on LinkedIn or reads some blog about how data is valuable and it's an asset. And a data migration in particular is a great opportunity 
to really unlock that in the eyes of all of these stakeholders. So um, lots of people can be a, a, a challenge. Be prepared for lots of different, you know, cooks in the kitchen. But, you know, I would challenge uh, this as an opportunity to really advance a data-driven culture uh, in your organization. All right. Thank you, Tyler. So um, a couple of topics there that was mentioned. Uh, Sheila talking about uncertain data quality and Tyler, you know, the, the idea of really treating data as a strategic asset, right? So let's talk more about data quality and data cleansing with the idea of preparing your data to drive those more efficient or reimagined business processes um, that are achievable with S4. So Sue, what are some of the steps that organizations can take to prepare their data foundation to help achieve um, the outcomes they're desiring? Ah, great question, Corey. Some of the very first steps that we always recommend to customers are to, first of all, evaluate what is the state of their data today. In other words, just how good is it? And not in just what you think it is, but really go after some empirical evidence, if you will, around the quality of that information. So some of the things that both SAP and our valued customers, such as Synity, uh, offer for customers is what we call a, a data quality assessment or a health assessment, if you will. Things, an activity that looks at the quality characteristics of the data as it exists today. Things like how complete is that information? How accurate is it? The overall integrity, is it really as good as you think it is or where might those trouble spots be? And this involves not only looking at master data, but also considering the context in which that data is used. Uh, things like reference data. And for example, you know, do you have a consistent use and definition of payment terms as that is applied across your landscape? These are all very important characteristics to look at and understand what your current state is today so that you can build that into your migration plan and allow time for data to reach its appropriate state. And it is not only the structured data, but also the unstructured information, the contact content, for example, contracts or you know pictures or CAD diagrams that may be used within your environment. That also needs to be considered in your planning. Sheila, I, I know that you're a bit of an expert on unstructured content and um, archiving. Can you add a little bit more flavor on those topics? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say great lead in. So one of the biggest benefits really of migrating to S4HANA, as I mentioned earlier, is to really clean house. Um, you know, you don't need, once you've migrated those systems, you don't really need those legacy systems and the associated content that don't provide value anymore. You can eliminate all the old data and the content, like those 10-year-old sales orders and invoices that are just no longer needed to run your business. You can prepare your data foundation safely and securely and automatically with solutions from SAP. So we have a solution called Information Lifecycle Management, which reduces the total cost of ownership from S4HANA by getting you started by right-sizing that data footprint. Customers can continue to maintain high standards by automated archiving and retention policies. And by archiving data that's no longer in use and decommissioning legacy systems, 
you're not saving on storage costs, but you're simplifying the entire migration landscape. We also have a, a platform called Extended Content Management, which is a robust platform or repository for all of your SAP and non-SAP documents associated with an SAP transaction. It provides access to content and documents from your SAP system, integrating all that content associated with the transaction. So Sue mentioned contracts and other types, pictures, videos, emails, office documents, even paper documents that you can scan in and then put into SAP systems, things, business documents, delivery notes, things like that. It also supports data and document archiving and full content lifecycle management, which enables you to decommission legacy systems while ensuring that all the legally relevant information is retained for the proper duration. And that's going to reduce the size of your data and the content footprint, which will decrease the time and the cost to move to S4HANA. All right, thank you, Sheila. Um, so Sue mentioned it, it's uh, master data, right? And this is an important topic when we talk about business transformation or digital transformation. Um, as an example, we know that with SAP S4HANA, uh, the previous customer and vendor master data domains, they've been combined um, into a single business partner data model. So um, Tyler, can you give us some ideas on what customers can do to help prepare their master data for S4? Yeah, I think the move to business partner has gotten a lot of the headlines in, in, in the industry. And people talk about customer vendor integration. And I think I start off by saying, um, I think that's a common myth that it's more than just customers and vendors that really need to be considered when you think about business partners. You may have contractors, you may have uh, employees, you may have a slightly larger data set than just the traditional customer and vendor. So that's the first thing. The second is, um, this is really a business problem, not a data problem, but it's a business problem that data has to solve. For those that are technical, uh, listening, KNA1 and LFA1 moving to the business partner tables, like that's an easily solved problem, right? Lots of technology options, uh, business objects, data services, uh, support with the Synity Advanced Data Migration, all of these can help. But really it's, it's, it's a business problem. We're starting to look at not only more simple uh, kind of harmonization, standardization, and matching techniques, but also taking into consideration those additional silos of what is traditionally dark data, uh, documents, unstructured data that needs to be considered when moving to business partner. How are you going to link back to maybe paper, PDF, Word, or other kind of office documents that need to be referenced? Um, how is transactional data give you a leg up on looking at, at duplicates, and how can you turn this from a technical to a business exercise, vendor spend management or supplier spend management, renegotiating supplier contracts to uh, extract more value. These are these, uh, we call them micro projects or spend it the other way, hidden ROI that can come from what is got a headline as a technical exercise, the move to the business partner model. It's actually a real opportunity to both unlock some dark data silos as well as to you know drive some new ROI uh, that might be hidden or unlocked uh, uh, with this sort of move to S4 initiative. Excellent, thank you, Tyler. Also on this topic of master data, master data consolidation, um, I'm hoping, Sheila, you can explain 
the value that SAP Master Data Governance, um, that, that solution can provide customers as they move to S4? Yeah, absolutely, Corey. I'd love to build on what Tyler said, um, especially with the business aspect of it. So that Master Data Governance is really a very robust solution that provides a mechanism to centrally create, change, and distribute your master data across the complete enterprise system landscape. With MDG, you can be empowered with centralized creation and maintenance of your master data, which helps you automate the governance by controlling the data quality right at the point of authorship. By integrating data governance into business processes, you can help ensure that the duplicate checks and the field validations are performed before a new record is created. There's also version control and an audit history, which improve transparency and help ensure policy and regulatory compliance. In addition, role-based data access helps enforce security policy even on mobile devices. So MDG helps ensure data quality and readiness before an SAP uh, S4HANA implementation and reduces the risk for deployments and operations. It's also a good way to establish strong governance processes that will help you maintain that master data as you go live and after you go live. And it's a great way to get experience with a controlled subset of S4HANA before a full-blown implementation. So let me give you an example. So we had a customer that was planning a pretty complex migration involving nine ECC systems into a single S4 HANA instance. And the customer recognized early on that they were going to move into S4 in phases, which is a very common approach. And the first step they identified was to set up uh, NDG for S4 HANA to tackle the cleansing and consolidation of the master data in the existing ECC systems. And they did this for two key data domains. So not only were they able to create a single trusted view of the master, but they ensured that their data was high quality before the migration. The customer also gained valuable experience in using the new MDG for S4HANA. And once within the SAP Master Data Hub, the harmonized data then serves as the operational master data going forward. And uh, Tyler touched on this, but this is a, a hot topic, is that there is this new master data model with business partner that will combine the vendor and uh, customer data that currently exists in ECC. So customers moving to S4HANA will benefit from this experience and quality gained by performing this master data consolidation prior to the move. Super. Thank you, Sheila. That's a really great example. Um, and thanks for tying that all together. So um, we've been talking about preparing the data landscape for, for a successful migration. Uh, and Tyler, you touched on this earlier, but let's shift back to talking about the actual migration project itself. Um, so from your experience, Tyler, what are some of the um, uh, best practices, pitfalls to avoid, or other tips and tricks that you can recommend? Uh, I'll take two kind of key takeaways that I hope the listeners get some, you know, real tangible value out of. I think the first is designing repeatable processes. So what do I mean by, by that? The only constant I've been doing data migration in the SAP world for over 15 years. And the only constant from the dozens of migrations that I've either run or been a part of is a dramatic rate of change that happens during the project. Specifications change, scope change, config changes, all that stuff changes. And the only way you can be reactive to change is when you can take parts of the data flows, of the rules, of, of, of the checks, and rerun them in the right order the same way every time. So predictable repeatability is really key to agility. 
I'll say that again, predictable repeatability is key to agility, where if you can run the same thing the same way every time, change what you know needs to be changed, you get that great combination of both predictability and agility. And another one is that one of the key metrics that's often overlooked in a migration, and I would say is one of the key indicators to a well-run data migration to one that might get behind, is uh, one of the KPIs that's really important, or OKRs, is rate of change. So rate of change is a great leading indicator to know when downstream project risk can happen. If you think about any S4 implementation project plan, you have all of these swim lanes, right? You have change management, you have user acceptance testing, QA, documentation, integrations. All of this stuff all requires data to be in the new system, right? You gotta have data in there, master transactional reference, all that data has, has to be in there so you can start to train people, test it, etc. And so the rate of change to the specification of the migration, what are the mappings, what are the rules, what are the checks, really is a determinant of the amount of risk or change downstream. Early on in a project, high rate of change is good. You want it. You want there to be design decisions and mapping sessions and meetings where we're changing, we're changing, we're changing. But as the cycle time moves forward, as you get through your UATs, your integration tests, your dress rehearsals, your, your mock loads, if that data specification starts to change too much, too close to the end, that's a, that's a real indicator that, oh, this change in the data spec is actually a symptom of a larger cause that's going to have downstream impact. So one takeaway. Uh, for the listeners is if you're running a migration today or involved in one or will be, figure out how you're going to vis to get real-time access to the key KPIs that matter. And the one that I would want to leave with you is the rate of change to the specification. Um, so predictable repeatability and real-time visibility to the rate of change KPI are two things from my experience I've found are, are really good indicators of a well-run, well-oiled uh, data migration project. That is an excellent overview, Tyler. I, I really liked your point about using metrics to help track and communicate the success and or potential real roadblocks, uh, potholes in the road that have been encountered. I've seen that as well with my customers. And not only identifying where those potential uh, KPIs are, have they been achieved, but I also see customers that have been really successful in the communication of those, those steps along the way, those activities. In some respects, customers have almost developed, if you will, a quote-unquote marketing plan. So they have actually built in to the migration process a communication set of activities as well that they plan to push out to make all of the, their constituents, their stakeholders, both on the business side and the technology side, aware of the current state of the project, what has been achieved and what is yet to be worked on so that everyone is stays on board and in lockstep with the activities along the way. It helps ensure there is that consistency and continued, if you will, building excitement 
towards the coming S4 um, deployment and the value that they will receive from that as that comes live for them? Yeah, look, the best data professionals or the best data leaders that I know treat their organization and their deliverables like they're the CEO of their own startup. So they're constantly, just like a startup CEO, right? Like a, like a, somebody in, in the valley is either raising money, building product, or trying to launch product, right? And so the best data leaders that I know have that mentality. They're trying to raise money, i.e. go to the business, improve their value. Building product, i.e. getting the data migration across the line or launching it, which is getting the data into the system. So that mentality of a mix of salesmanship, and, you know, data-driven re- reporting, uh, you know, I think really leads to the most successful data organizations and data projects. So I think that marketing plan is a great analogy there to think about. Um, you know, you got to always sell your sell your worth, I think, as a professional. And the data migration, again, with all those stakeholders we talked about earlier, talk about access that you couldn't normally get. So, you know, uh, data data leaders that are the CEO of their own little data startup within a larger organization I've seen have been very successful and is an interesting mindset to maybe challenge some of the listeners to think about, at least from my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well said. All right. Thank you, both Tyler and Sue. So um, kind of the last topic uh, for today we see many people uh, looking at data migration as a one-time experience that doesn't necessarily include ongoing value. So how do each of you see um, the experience of data migration and the solutions leveraged for things like uh, data preparation or project management? Um, how, How do you see them living on to support future state data management best practices? So Sue, maybe do you want to comment first? Sure, I'd love to. Thanks, Corey. Well, Tyler hit on it really well at the end of the last section. It is a great jumping board, if you will. Think of it as a catalyst event to not only think about what we need to do to get our data in a good state to move it into the new system. Just like when you move to a home, a new home, you don't bring along all your old garbage that you've been saving for 20 years, right? But that means you have to think about Okay, how will we use that data both today, but also in the future? After all, data is very much a living, breathing animal. All of the information that is used by our systems, that is consumed and exposed within reports, that data is very much evolving over time. Just like our children grow and change and mature and leave our homes, Data and the information within our systems is exactly the same way. So just as we provide uh, rules and guidelines to our children, we need those same types of guidelines around how data will be used, maintained, who has authority to make those changes and or approve those changes, and who has that adult view over the impact of those changes to the broader organization. All of those types of aspects need to be rolled up and considered in what we like to call an outcomes-driven data strategy. Thinking about what your business needs to achieve, what outcomes you're responsible for delivering on, and then what data do you need to 
do your job to execute your areas of responsibility in order to deliver on those outcomes. All great concepts to think about, and we offer um, additional conversations, workshops around helping customers think about that that you know that food chain from data through to business processes and the outcomes to be delivered. Um, very important concepts to leverage your data going forward long after a migration project is completed. So excellent points. I wanted to just jump on that and also talk about um, your unstructured data as well in this process. And I love that word that, you know, S4 can be a catalyst. So once you've created these processes for archiving that unneeded data and the content, you've got those rules are established and they're going to be valid going forward after you implement your S4 instance. And to Sue's point, you're your business is constantly changing and growing. You might have mergers and acquisitions or divestitures. Think of those as the kids grow up and they move out of the house. <laughs> and, you know, they you, you need to deal with that data. And with strong archiving practices, you'll be able to manage the data and the content associated with your dynamic business environment. You'll have established the processes to keep not only the data and content that you need so that you can continue to minimize your storage costs and keep your processes running efficiently, while adhering to your compliance rules as well. And with these best practices in place for your unstructured data, you'll be positioned for growth and innovation with S4HANA. And then finally, customers can then continue to optimize by consolidating additional master data domains and by putting in place proactive governance measures to streamline the process for the master data creation, the maintenance, and the distribution. Customers can accelerate the time to value with the use of pre-built data models, the business rules, workflows, and roles, as well as industry-specific content, to keep their data clean and trusted in S4HANA as their businesses continue to change and grow. Tyler, did you want to add anything at this point? I think I would just kind of add up or wrap up with uh, the catalyst, I think, is just as much for the data team as it can be for the organization. I think being a data-driven company starts from within the kind of catalyst or nucleus of the data org. And by using data-driven decision-making during the migration, you know, you can practice what, what you preach and be those change agents that I think, you know, a lot of us want to be within our companies. All right, so thank you so much, Sheila, Sue, and Tyler, for your time as well as your expertise. So information is truly at the core of any business transformation. And I think the top takeaway today is that with proper preparations and the solutions to support that, organizations can really accelerate their time to value and minimize some of the risk as they move over to S4HANA. Um, at the same time, also starting to establish that solid data foundation uh, for information excellence to continue um, running at their best. So if you want to learn more, uh, check out some of the additional resources that will be provided online. And we encourage you to listen to our other podcasts in the Let's Talk Data series. In the meantime, stay well, everyone. Thank you.